Hello, everyone, and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex, and this week we have a scrumptious pairing for you. Our first topic has helped chefs cook delicious dinners since the dawn of time. And topic number two makes movies more enjoyable, but that doesn't make it less important. Get your chef's hat on and throw in a good flick. It's time for the Maillard reaction and popcorn. Discovered in 1912 by French scientist Louis-Camille Maillard, the Maillard reaction is one of two non-enzymatic browning reactions, the other of which is caramelization. But while caramelization involves sugars only, the Maillard reaction involves sugars and amino acids and is responsible for the color, aroma, and flavor of tons of foods. Now, even though it's called the Maillard reaction, it actually involves tons of chemical reactions, Amidori rearrangement, dehydration, deamination, Strecker degradation, lots of them. But when they all come together to help those amino acids and sugars create different compounds, whew, some delicious things happen. One of the coolest aspects of the Maillard reaction is that specific amino acids lend specific flavors and aromas to food. And while I could sit here and list off dozens and dozens and dozens of different reactions, I'll just stick to a few. Valines give food a bready flavor and aroma. Phenylalanines give things a floral scent and flavor. Glutamic acid makes food taste like popcorn. Alkylpyrazines lend a cocoa-y, nutty, roasted flavor in coffee. And furanones give things a caramely taste. For all you budding chefs out there, there are some tips you can keep in mind to help take advantage of the Maillard reaction. You'll want to keep the temperature between 230 to 340 degrees Fahrenheit. Chemical reactions are quicker, and the heat evaporates extra water. Changing the pH levels of some foods can also help speed up the Maillard reaction. Increasing the pH makes the amino acids more nucleophilic, which means they're more likely to donate electrons, and at high enough pH levels, the amino acids can even be depronated which means their protons are removed and transferred to other compounds. So, the secret to your next perfect steak just might be a dash of a simple base like baking soda. All this talk of amino acids and depronation and electrons and protons flying everywhere and valines and phenylalanines and alkylpyrazines and furanones, it's all making this six-pack feel a little bit heavy. So let's switch to a much lighter topic, a much lighter, fluffier topic. Popcorn. Not just any old kernel can be tossed into a popper and be expected to burst forth with delicious fury. Popcorn is most commonly a specific strain of flint corn called Z. maize virta. But if we take a step back from all the popping, flint corn is just one of six main types of corn. We have dent corn, used in animal feed, tortilla chips, food grade starch, and paper, flour corn, used in corn flour, pod corn, 
which is actually a mutant that grows glooms around each kernel. This has spiritual significance to some Native American tribes. Sweet corn, used in, you know, eating. Flint corn, used in hominy and ornamental corn. And the aforementioned popping corn, which is used for popping. But you probably knew that. You probably know that the popping of corn has something to do with water, but there's a bit more to the process than you might think. Moisture trapped inside the non-porous shell turns into steam and builds pressure. At around 350 degrees Fahrenheit, the pressure is too much for the pore shell, and it pops. In that brief fraction of a second, the starch inside the kernel gelatinizes from the heat and pressure and expands outward thanks to the mini-shell explosion. As it cools, it takes on the white and fluffy appearance that actually has two basic shapes, snowflake and mushroom. Snowflake popcorn is bigger, making it ideal for appearance and sales, like in movie theaters, and mushroom popcorn doesn't crumble as easily, making it the perfect shape for popcorn treats like caramel corn. Charles Creeders created the mobile popcorn cart in the 1880s, but popcorn itself stretches back way, way before that. Scientists analyzed corn cobs, husks, tassels, and stalks found in the Huaca Prieta and Paradones archaeological sites with radiocarbon dating and other tests, and found that people living in what is now Peru were most likely popping up the snack around 6,700 years ago. The people probably cooked the corn in different ways, such as wrapping a cob and placing it on coals, roasting it over a flame, or cooking it in an earthen oven. But the popcorn probably wasn't a common treat like it is today. Evidence actually shows that it was most likely a delicacy or a minor supplement to the people's diet. And that, my friends, is a quick look at the chemistry behind the Maillard reaction and the fun behind popcorn. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. There's a new six-pack every single Wednesday. Until next time, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.